I'm no longer bound, I'm no longer chained, I'm no longer captive, no longer restrained. Delivered, set free, and free to be me. Let me introduce myself. Welcome to Be the Light with Pastor Zakia Robinson. In this show, I'm speaking with Tammy Pulsifer, and she is talking to us about safe families, ways that we can help, and also ways that you can receive help. So if you would like to learn a little bit more about safe families and what they have to offer, please tune in because this is a show you don't want to miss. My name is Freedom. Welcome everybody to Be The Light. I am excited today. I have one of my, I guess one of my ex-co, what do you want to call it? Friend, yeah. used to work together, yeah. <laughs> all of the above. Um, I had a chance to meet Miss Tammy Pulsifer. How are you today? Doing well, thank you. You're welcome. We um, met at Live The Life. She was one of the teachers that taught um, the Real Essentials program that they have where they teach students how to have healthy relationships. And she was one of my favorites. <laughs> she was ready to work. She was ready to make a difference. And it's, I think that's just a part of your character. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Wanted to help and make a difference. Um, and so we're going to be talking about a couple of things today. One of the things that we're going to be talking about is a little bit about something that Tammy and her family had to face and, um, you know, and had to overcome. And then the other thing is she's have something amazing going on at her church, not just church, but she has a couple of things that she wants to um, mention about because there's some fundraisers that's happening. So tell us a little bit about that. All right. Well, in, on February 9th, uh, we have an incredible annual event called a friend raiser. And mm -hmm. that is a, definitely a play on words because instead of <laughs> focusing on funds, we are definitely focusing on the need for volunteers and we call them our friends. And uh, so this is through Safe Families for Children uh, for North Florida. And we will be holding the event at Northwoods Baptist Church on February 9th at 6.30 p.m. Um, it is a free event. Everyone is welcome. Uh, there is dessert and coffee. So if both of those things make you happy, right. then you definitely <laughs> need to come. And it's just an opportunity for us to just introduce to you what we are doing in our community. Excellent. So let me ask you, what makes you want to reach out to the community? Like, like, how did you even get started with that? Because you like working with kids. Mm -hmm. You used, I believe you used to be a teacher, yes. right? Okay, so you used to be a teacher. Um, not just that, but you're doing something with the safe family. So what is it that gives you the energy to want to do stuff like this? Well, I've been involved in some way, shape or form with philanthropy for over 12 years. 13 years or so. Mm -hmm. um, and it was actually during the shutdowns when all of those charities that I love to serve, actually all the doors were shut. And uh. I'm not one to be able to sit still, as you know. <laughs> um, and so I was kind of anxiously, almost kind of pacing, like, what can I do? Where can I serve? And actually mm -hmm. someone invited me to a friend raiser in 2021. So we were kind of almost coming out of the the lockdown things were still mm -hmm. not rolling most of the charities i was working with still weren't opening their doors um and so i kind of begrudgingly went to this friend raiser but um it definitely lit a fire because all of the ways that i love to serve from with families people in crisis children all of them were encompassed in what Safe Families for Children were mm. doing. So on that night, I actually signed up as a friend <laughs> and uh, got assigned with my very first mom that I came along and supported. And, and that really lit my fire for what this was doing in our community. So what is it that you had to help her with? What were some of the things that um, you helped her come along with? Okay, so um, with Safe Families, we're coming along uh, moms and dads in crisis. And okay. a lot of them, it's the the biggest crisis is just isolation. Mm. Um, a lot of us, when we face an issue, whether it's a health issue, joblessness, um uh, homelessness, um, sometimes even just depression or mental health issues, most of us have someone that we can call. 
okay. uh, whether it's a family member, a church member, um, a best friend. But a lot of the families that we come along and support, they don't have a single phone number in their phone that they wow. can call. And so when most of us have an issue, we have someone, um, a lot of those that we serve don't. So this particular mom, she was going from homelessness to just finding a new um, community here in Tallahassee. Mm -hmm. And our relationship literally started over going to Target and smelling candles together. So, nice. and I know that sounds really funny, <laughs> but when you just want to feel normal and feel right. like your whole world is not falling apart, it's nice to have a friend that you can just be a girl with. And that's how we started. And just kind of giving that natural relationship was something that started to boost her confidence and being able to make steps toward a better life. So basically you became like a friend. She could call on or you. She friend. could talk to you about yeah. what's going on in her life mm -hmm. and you're there. You know, that that's neat. Yes. I, ne I never knew so that that fun. was out there because um, yeah. I know there was times where when I was at my lowest, I had no family. I had no friends. I was in isolation. And it was mm -hmm. like, I didn't have anyone to call on. So yep. what did I do? I turned around to things that was not good right. for me. <laughs> yeah. Yes. You know, so it's good to know that that's out there, especially for people right now who's listening. That's like, you know what? I... That's me. I need to mm -hmm. need to get connected to them. So please stick around to listen um, to the rest of the show so that you can find out how you can get her information. And so um, you also experienced some difficulties mm -hmm. in your life. You and your husband, you have two girls. Yeah. So um, y'all face some things. Let's talk about that. How was that for you? Well, um, and what was yeah, it? Well, yeah. I've definitely always had a, a different view on the world and community through my parents because I was raised on the mission field and we served in a lot of countries where mm -hmm. um, we faced we we faced poverty with our um, church members. And so my parents always gave me that vision and and empathy for people around me as it was. Um, but then for our own family, during when the the shutdowns happened, you know, we know the economy just kind of went crazy and things changed and. So for those businesses who, whether they were um, necessary or not, a lot of times they were losing, you know, customers, they were losing money. Um, and our business was definitely one of those. We were hit pretty hard, mm -hmm. um, even though what we did was essential. A lot of our customers were not essential. And so our doors being able to get in to serve our customers. And I'm, when I say our customers, I'm talking about my husband's family business, being able to get to those customers and serve those customers mm -hmm. um, was pretty devastating financially. Mm -hmm. And so in an effort to just keep our doors open and keep our employees going, we just made hard decisions. And for our family, personally, one of the decisions we made was to just kind of dump all of the things in our life that weren't necessary. When I say that, like selling them off, giving them away, right. and then putting a few things into storage. And our family of four moved into a camper for 14 months. And wow. we lived in about a 400 square foot space, but it did what it needed to do. It was hard and challenging mm -hmm. and I look back on it now and I'm like oh, how did I do that because <laughs> we have two teenagers and somehow right. we all survived in a very tiny space in fact we we joke sometimes when all of us now in our house when we are all in the kitchen doing something together I'm like man it feels like we're back in the camper y'all get out of the kitchen <laughs> you know <laughs> um but I I look back on that time and what's interesting is while we were facing that is when I got my first um it was right around the time we were getting out of the campers when mm -hmm. I met my first friend and being able to um, kind of talk with her what it feels like to be without and to be wow. at a loss um, was the first time she finally let me get on the phone with her because she felt like I understood a little bit. Obviously, right. she was in complete homelessness, but to see someone who had kind of given up your normal lifestyle for a very different lifestyle just to kind of make ends meet um, encouraged her to to see that I did understand and I could be 
you yeah. know, empathetic. Yeah, I'm about to say it's like you have to go through that experience so mm-hmm. that you can be able to connect with her. Yeah. So that, you know, not just with her, but other people that you're going to come in contact right. with. Because you're right. There's a lot of people like, you don't know what I'm going through. You don't know what this yeah. feel like. You know, you can't tell me anything. Mm-hmm. But when you can actually connect with someone like, actually, I have been through that. And right. actually, I do know what you're right. feeling. And this is how I got up out of it. Right. It makes it that much meaningful with the person and even the relationship um, can go somewhere with that. Um, Not just go somewhere, but you can help provide information, resources and an an outlet, you know, and I think a lot of people right now, they need an outlet and not just drugs, not just, you know, things out here that satisfy our flesh and not nothing that's like spiritual. So do you believe that this is like the the calling that God have on your life is to help those that is in need? Absolutely. Um, Because as as well as fin- the financial crisis we faced mm-hmm. during that time in the camper, my mother also died of COVID. Wow! And so having to face that loss, and it was very sudden. She wasn't sick for very long, and it just felt like it was just almost like a bait and switch. Like mm-hmm. she's here one second, the next thing you know, it's like where did she go? And almost like she disappeared. So facing that, I can look back on all of those hard things, just like you said. And there's been now even more families that have come into contact with me young mothers who don't have a mom present in their life. And I can say, Hey, I know that hurts, you know, mm-hmm. but we can do this together. You know, I don't have a mom and you don't have a mom. And so again, those are hard things that I think the enemy wants to destroy us over, but then God can use those. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, definitely through this, this, um, this ministry of safe families, just being able to basically let the world know that the church hears them. We mm-hmm. hear them, you know. What church was this again? Now, I personally go to Four Oaks and Clarn, but we um, we work with a lot of different churches um, and groups. We we uh, hopefully are creating what we call circles of support throughout the city of Tallahassee and throughout the Panhandle. We're going to, mm-hmm. we have big vision for the Panhandle. <laughs> um, we actually just launched in Wakulla. So we have wow. safe families in Wakulla now. Um, and so the, the goal is to create these little villages throughout um, our communities where families are finding uh, a family, basically. Right. So after y'all went through y'all's crisis, okay, you've moved out of your home, mm-hmm. yeah. now you're into a camper, two teenagers, right. spouse. How was the family far as, do you think it kind of pulled y'all apart, even though y'all was much closer? Like, what was that like for you? <laughs> well, that's another thing I look back and I see is God's grace because we actually... There are times where we go, man, I miss the camper. <laughs> um, because, and believe it or not, there's a huge community of people that are doing what we're doing, some mm-hmm. for fun, some because of resources. Mm-hmm. And what you found in these um, RV sites are people that just are really down to earth mm-hmm. and they love community. And it, it was not unusual to go outside your camper at night and everybody's sitting around a fire pit and we would start grilling out and talking. So on that aspect, we kind of learned a lot more about that grassroots community feeling of just Mm -hmm. loving people from all different walks of life, sharing your faith through just being the hands and feet. Um, Our kids learned a lot about patience and I'm really surprised at how well we all got along. We kind of learned routines. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, one of the rules was if somebody's in the kitchen area, just one person at a time, like, (laughs) you know, if somebody's in the bathroom, be patient because there was one bathroom, you know? Um, And so, yeah, they learned to be very minimal. Mm -hmm. I was amazed at how um, little we could live with and how, 
quickly we filled up our townhouse. And now that we've moved into a townhouse, it's like, <laughs> man, we didn't need all this stuff before. What happened? Right. <laughs> but no, God's grace was good because we look back on it. We laugh. Now we're like, mm. we could never do that again. We're like, yes, we could. You could. We totally yeah. could because yeah. we did. It's like it took you back to the to um, how it used to be back in the days. Yes. Like they lived on bare minimum. They would could literally mm-hmm. pack everything up mm-hmm. and then walk to yep. go wherever their next journey was and yep. they had everything that they needed yep but um I'm, I, that would have to have been a huge humble it was. <laughs> ex- yes. humbling experience especially just knowing myself um and so you so you believe it's actually caused y'all to be closer versus oh, yeah. tearing you apart absolutely that, that's a blessing yep. wow that's absolutely. amazing and so let's talk about a little bit about your journey and how you got to christ how was that for you what was that like well um I think I mentioned before, I am the daughter of missionaries. So we were, okay. um, I was born on the mission field. I was born in Moon and Guam. Wow. Um, my parents went straight from Bible college to the mission field. So they had three daughters. I was the youngest. And my dad, his, his vision was to go into countries and he was really good with languages mm-hmm. and start churches and then get a national to take the church and then to move on. Nice. And okay. so um, we were in uh, Saipan to Moon and Guam, um, we were in Korea for qu- quite a bit. He loved mm-hmm. Korea. We actually ended up having to leave. We were forced to leave to some political unrest at the time. This mm-hmm. early 80s. He took a short uh, stint in Hawaii helping a pastor there. But then our longest journey was um, in England. And so my dad uh, planted a church there. It's a, it's a difficult country. Um, spiritually wise, it's very dark. So that was a, a long journey, mm-hmm. but we loved it. It was my favorite place to live. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually went through a lot of... Um, back and forth with the Lord all the way through mm-hmm. my life. And I think it was that that typical, what you hear about a pastor's kid, you know, okay. we struggle. <laughs> and I think it's because your life is under a microscope and you're just really struggling to have that personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Right. So it was actually um, a year a, a year after my first year at Bible college mm-hmm. that I fully surrendered my heart to Christ because I really struggled with, like I said, that personal relationship and not my mom and dad's faith, not my church's faith, not because it was taught to me, mm-hmm. but because I actually said, okay, um, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I need Christ and giving him my heart. And so it was after that that I said, okay, Lord, I want to be a missionary. I loved what my parents did. I thought I'd end up in missions and I ended up in Tallahassee. <laughs> So and I was traveling. like, <laughs> I was like, this is not exactly what I thought it'd be turning out to be. But I moved here in 98 to be a teacher. Okay. Um, and I taught for eight years. I was actually planning to move back to Chattanooga, Tennessee to live with my sister when I met my husband. Wow. And then when he asked me to marry him, he said, are you okay with never leaving Tallahassee? And I said, I guess so. <laughs> so here I am. <laughs> so I'm guessing yes. this is his hometown. This is He was born and raised. Yes. Nice. So yeah. your plans completely changed completely. from what you wanted mm-hmm. and, it, and that's just how god works it's mm-hmm. like a lot of times we have like these pre-assumptions these yes. pre-thoughts these pre-plans and it's like god's like that's not my plan yeah you didn't talk to me about that yet mm-hmm. and so you also mentioned that you had a chance to travel yeah so you've been to england yeah and that was your favorite where else have you have you have been um well we when we were living in Korea, we'd often go over to Japan. Wow. Um, we would spend time there with some other missionaries that we we got really close to. So Japan was a fun place. I love Japan. In fact, I'd love to take my kids there one day. Nice. Um, me personally, I, I love um, the Dominican. You know, I've been to the Bahamas. I love um, 
Maui and Hawaii. Those are great visiting places, not great to live. People will say, should I live in Hawaii? Like, no, we did it. (laughs) Don't live in Hawaii. It's a rough place to live. Okay to visit, not to live. Um, But that's, and then just, yeah, that's it. In fact, the whole time we were living in England, we were always too broke to go over to France or anything. So I never made it out off the island of England. Okay. (laughs) Scotland was great. Cornwall, all of that, Wales, but we never left the island. And I, I stayed there. I didn't leave England until I was 19. Wow. So. Do you think that was hard on you as a as a child and teens, like moving from place to place? And no, I think because it was just what I knew. Okay, I so loved it. it. Was I accustomed yeah, to it. I I always felt really proud of my heritage growing up as mm. a being able to see and be a part of cultures and learn so much. And my parents homeschooled us so that we could be involved in the ministry. And I had mm. a lot of friends whose parents sent them to like mission schools. So they never gotten be a, they mm. never got to really see right. what I got to see. Okay. And I appreciate it now more than ever because my dad taught me that ability to have empathy for those around me. Mm. Um like, for instance, when we would move into culture or move into communities where there was a lot of poverty, mm-hmm. he refused to go rent a house outside of that city or that area. He would rent a house in that area because okay. he didn't want us to think that we were better, like somehow we deserve to have a better life than, than the people that we were serving. So a lot of times we lived right next door to right. the people that we were serving. And that made a huge impact on me as well because it made everything um, more realistic. It kind of makes sense as to why it was easy for you to make that. I'm not going to say it was easy for you to make that transition, but it wasn't as hard as for others going from having so much to to little is because your dad's already kind of put that installed. Oh, yeah. There was times when we would be my dad would be like, you know what? We got to go. So pack what you can put on a few layers of clothes. Time to leave. And so you just didn't get attached to stuff. Yeah. And my mom used to always say, if you really like it, take a picture of it. And we would, we would take a picture of it and I'd be like, okay, I'll remember that thing. Uh, yeah. And you so, throw the picture away because wow. it's like, it's just a thing, you know? So yeah, I was constantly on yeah, the move. Always on the move. So I loved it. When it came, came to, okay, now I don't have to stay in Tallahassee. What was your thoughts of what you thought you were going to do now that you're staying in Tallahassee? How was that? Well, I, I, um, I loved working as a teacher, but I really wanted to work with kids at risk. Okay. And so I moved from the, the, the private school that I was teaching at who I didn't feel like it was fitting that need that I had to serve those in mm-hmm. crisis. And there was a, at the time there was a small school, um, we're talking like 300 students and really all they took were the kids that other schools would call and say, we, we can't handle this kid. Can you take mm-hmm. them? And I loved it. So I taught there for five years. That school has since closed, but that's what we did. We worked with kids that literally nobody wanted wow. and they were the rough kids. They were the hard kids. Um, and that, I think that was probably the first time that fire was lit in me to work with people in crisis. Cause that's what we got was a lot of kids in crisis. Yeah, that makes sense now. Like when you used to be like, Oh, I just want to hug the kids. Oh, I just want to, <laughs> I really want to pour into them. You know, I never knew that, that background mm-hmm. because it's a part of who you are mm-hmm. and you just want to help. Cause we do get some, we used to get some teachers that were just like, okay, I can't do this. Yeah. But then you, you're like, okay, no, I, these are the ones I want. I want to yeah. deal with the difficult ones. I want to deal with those. But for me, it's like, okay, I like dealing with the the difficult ones as well because I feel like I can pour into them, but I also like to deal with ones that's willing to listen because yeah. um, I feel like I can make an impact on someone who wants to listen versus someone who doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> I want to make them listen. <laughs> right. It takes it takes patience. Yeah. And you have to have patience um, when it comes to that. And so let's say that there's someone out here that wants to get signed up with safe families mm-hmm. like okay i'm a family in need i'm a family in crisis how can they reach you when it comes to getting assigned to someone right um well there's two ways um if you go to facebook we have a group 
or it's actually a page and it says safe families, North Florida. Okay. Um, there is a message button that goes directly to me and another one of our um, employees that we respond to. Mm -hmm. Um, so families can go there. The other one is, um, it's safe familiesorg mm -hmm. They can go to that website and request help. Um, but I will say the very first request help is for a host family. And so then sometimes that scares families and they think, wait, I don't want, I don't need my kids removed. I just need help. Right. Um, but I, I say, yes, yeah, scroll on down because there's one that's called family friend. And that's the one that um, a lot of families need is just someone to come alongside them, be a family coach, teach them about finding resources in their community, teach them about budgeting, teaching mm -hmm. them about how to get the proper nutrition for your children. There's just so many things that can put a family into crisis that mm -hmm. we don't think about. Right. Um, something as simple as three meals a day. We may not think about mm -hmm. that, but for some families, if that's reported to by a teacher to DCF, that could get them in, in trouble, but maybe they don't know where to find the food to feed their family. Mm -hmm. And so being a family friend is a really great start. Um, so if you are someone in crisis and you're looking for that help, um, there's everything from coaching to resources to friend to host. There's lots of, of different ways that we can help. Okay. So I got a question that a lot of people, a lot of people's probably going to ask is how much does this cost? Does it cost them anything? <clears throat> no, it's completely free. Completely yeah. free. And yeah. what about for someone who don't live in the same state or the same town or mm -hmm. area? Are they able to get this help as well yep. if they're out of town? Yeah. If they, if you just search safe families for children, mm -hmm. um, you can go and, search by your city and you can like actually put in where you're living and then someone from that state because every state is different they okay. follow different rules and laws for how they can intervene mm -hmm. um, we have a lot of freedom in florida to how we serve our families um, but it's different for georgia and different places so we're in 42 states oh so, wow so it's all over yeah. so if you are a family in need right now please don't hesitate to get the help because the help is out there it's no yeah. difference from signing up to get food stamps or housing mm -hmm. assistance it's just a neat way for you to connect with someone. Mm -hmm. And like you mentioned, you and one of the moms went shopping or yeah. what, did, what was it? We went, went and looked at candles. Went and looked yeah. at candles. And then we so. became good friends. <laughs> so you can build friendships with that. Um, and is there anything else you want to share about the safe families that? Well, I like to share one of my favorite stories because I think it puts it into perspective. It's Absolutely. just um, a young mom here locally. This has been a few months ago. She mm -hmm. showed up at the hospital in labor but had her two-year-old in tow because she had no one to call. Wow. And so um, that's something that a nurse would have to report because you can't have a two-year-old roaming around while you're trying to have a baby. And so because she was familiar with Safe Families, they were able to call Safe Families. We were able to get one of our host families who've been screened and vetted to go and pick up the two-year-old and care for that little girl mm -hmm. while the mom was recovering in the hospital. And it gave um, her time to contact a family member who was quite a few states away and took them, I think, three days to get to Tallahassee. Wow. Um, but they were able to come and take the two-year-old so that DCF did not have to step in. Mm -hmm. And that's one of my favorite things is just being able to give parents a chance to recover or get the respite care they needed um, and not feel like they've failed as a parent or leave their child with someone dangerous like a neighbor that they know nothing about. Right. You know what? That's small details that you're talking about that people don't even think of. Mm -hmm. Like, I would have never thought that just because a parent don't have someone to watch their other child mm -hmm. that DCF could be called. 
Yeah. Because you're having a baby. Right. Right. <laughs> like, like that, that's crazy. And the wow, option I've is like a neighbor and then you don't know the neighbor might be great, but what if that neighbor has a friend come over who's abusive, right. you know? Right. Or you just don't really know the neighbor. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Sometimes you think, you know, people, you just don't know them. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show and talking about this. And we really want to make sure that people understand that there's always help out there. You just have to find it. Oh, one last thing. If someone wants to not, not let's not say that they need help, mm -hmm. but they want to be a part of helping a family, yeah. how can they like, how can they help? What is the process of that? Do they have to be screened? Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about that. Yes, that would be awesome. Um, well, first of all, you can go to that same um, Facebook page, Safe Families for Children, North Florida. Mm -hmm. um, we have a lot of Safe Families pages. So you want to go there. You can also just Google Safe Families for your area and it'll connect mm -hmm. us as well. But if you're local to Tallahassee or in this area in on February 9th, like I said, you can come out to the Friends Raiser at Northwoods Baptist. Um, it's a free event coffee and dessert. And that'll be an opportunity to really hear broken down how the different ways that you can become a volunteer. Um, and if you're not able to make it that night, that's fine. You can still message us through the safe, um, the safe families, North Florida, uh, page on Facebook. And yes, so we have training and background and okay. screening because we want all of our families that we serve to be safe as well. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we, we do train all of our volunteers and at no cost to them. Um, and so that with that training comes a, a coverage of liability through us that they, they can freely serve without fear. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, that's we would love that. And there's different types of trainings for different ways you're serving. So, uh, for instance, if you decide I'd love to be a host, I would love to have children in my home while their parents are just getting what they need. Um, that's a, you know, a more lengthy type of training. But if you think, you know what, I may not have time for that, but I can definitely be someone's friend. It's a little bit of an easier training. So there's right. different degrees of training, but we need everything from family coaches to resource friends. So And it doesn't cost the person anything either, Nothing. right? Okay, mm -hmm. perfect. Just your time. Just your time. <laughs> mm -hmm. And that's, hey, we, we are called to help people. Yeah. Yes, it is valu valuable. But if, if it's in the process of helping someone, yeah. I think you spent your time well. Yeah, <laughs> so absolutely. I want to say thank you all for tuning in today. Again, I'm with Tammy Pulsifer. Um, and if you want to reach out to her, her information will be linked mm -hmm. on to my YouTube. Um, and it also will be linked on to the show as well. And so if you have any questions or, you know, maybe you just like, you know what, I need some inner healing. I need some deliverance i need something um a little bit different than what we're speaking on today i am a certified life coach and i also a pastor here in tallahassee and i would love to connect with you so you can please reach out to me at be the light.live and you can go onto my website you can email me or you can call me or you can even leave a prayer request even if you have something simple as i need someone to pray on my behalf you can hit the prayer request button Send the prayer request and I will be praying for you during my time with God. And so again, until the next time, I thank you all for tuning in and have a blessed day. I'm no longer bound. I'm no longer chained. I'm no longer captive, no longer restrained. Delivered, set free and free to be me. Let me introduce myself. Thank you so much for tuning in to Be The Light. If you are looking for a life coach or maybe you're looking for some inner healing, please visit BeTheLight.Live. Again, that is BeTheLight.Live. And you can also follow us on YouTube for a replay of this show at Zakia Robinson. Be blessed. My name is Freedom.